Welcome to the exit ramp from Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. Much like our trips down the freeway, the Exit Ramp podcast is designed to take us to interesting destinations, offering our team the opportunity to share short stories from inside and around the trucking industry. Now let's take you to Jimmy Mack, the host of Dave Nemo Weekends, who is joined by Greg Thompson from Pod Wheels for our debut episode of The Exit Ramp. As you'll hear, Jimmy and Greg bring us a truly memorable story about Merle Haggard's deep appreciation for professional drivers and the trucking industry. Hey guys, if you got a chance to listen to Dave Nemo Weekend, you know that we talked with Mark Elliott, the author of The Hag, The Lifetimes and Music of Merle Haggard. And I thought it'd be a really kind of fun experience to actually add a companion piece, sort of an afterword of sorts to all of this, to show you how deeply connected Merle Haggard was to the trucking industry. So our friend Greg Thompson, who is usually behind the scenes putting together great podcasts for us at Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo, joins us this morning. It's good to have you, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jim. And I'm so excited to talk about this. When I saw that you were doing the interview with Mark Elliott and read the liner notes about this, I thought, man, I got to share this story with you. You know, it's so much fun, too, when you get a chance to really dig into the book. He actually opens up the book with a discussion of Haggard through a Shakespearean lens, where he actually looks at him through about three or four different Shakespearean characters before launching into an incredible tale of a man who actually is engaged in a lifelong kind of engagement with his own redemption. So when you told me this story that I want you to share with all of our listeners out there, I just was struck by his understanding of who he was and where he was in his life, but also to the people that he was connected to, to his core sort of audience. So without me kind of setting this up, just jump in, explain your own background here and how you are part of a small private concert with (laughs) Merle Haggard. This is great. So Jimmy, I joined the trucking industry in 1998 and we were talking a little bit offline about what I had done before the trucking industry. And I'd been involved in media, newspapers and radio, and I'd had a chance to do interviews with a lot of folks. So I got involved in the trucking industry. I got an opportunity to work at U.S. Express as the public relations assistant. My boss was a guy by the name of John Yolchewski. Really cool guy, very into music. I got hired in June of 98. And John told me very early on, the drivers are the most important part of the trucking industry. They are the most important part of the company. So I carried that around with me for the first couple of weeks and I started to get it. U.S. Express had a company picnic coming up in July of 1998. So I'd been there about a month and John said, hey, are you going to come to the company picnic? I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about it. He goes, you need to be there. I'm just telling you, you need to be there. And he said, bring your camera and bring your family. Well, what I didn't know was that U.S. Express had established a relationship with Merle Haggard. As you'll recall, this was back at the dawn of the internet, right? 1998, there wasn't a lot of driver recruiting happening on the internet. So U.S. Express took a very unique approach out there and they worked out a deal with Merle Haggard to be the company spokesman for recruiting. And the way it worked was that U.S. Express provided Merle a truck and possibly a trailer to haul his equipment around during his tours. Talk about a great gig because they had a dedicated driver and that's all that driver did was he went on tour with Merle. So that was a pretty cool thing. Now that was happening. I was not aware of that. 
And my boss said, you got to come to this company picnic. So US Express is located in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And Merle had been playing a show very close to Chattanooga. So John knew this and he worked it out with the recruiting team and worked it out with Merle's people. Hey, can you swing up to the company picnic? And they said yes. And then they started talking to Merle's management. They said, would you play? They worked it out. But my sense was it was kind of a game time decision. We're all at the company picnic, and then Merle's bus rolls up unbeknownst to everybody. It's the Merle Haggard bus. Then Max Fuller, who's the CEO and co-founder of the company, was at the picnic, and he goes up into the bus. And then about 20 minutes later, Merle and the band come out. There was a small stage, and Merle got up there in front of maybe 300 people, and he played a five-song, 25-minute set. The idea of Merle Haggard playing for an audience that small, that moment of silence you heard before I started talking was not a matter of not having anything to say, but trying to process the 18 things I wanted to say when I heard that. But the idea of him playing for an audience that small shows you in many ways how much the industry, trucking, and how much the music industry has changed. Because at the time, we know about streaming now and the idea that the only place where you make money anymore as a person who performs music is in performing. We went from a period of time where only the Grateful Dead made their big money off of touring and everybody else made money off of record and song sales. The world has changed so much since that point that the idea of Merle Haggard performing in front of an audience that small, that intimate, must have been extraordinary, not just for the people who saw him, but for Haggard himself. It was. And as I said, I'm thinking that it might have been a game time decision. And I want to backtrack a little bit because we talked about the arrangement they had, but here's where Merle was very much in tune with the driving community, with the professional driver. Because during the show, Merle would stop and he'd say, okay, how many of you guys out there are truck drivers? Raise your hand. And they'd raise their hand. How many people out there are thinking about, you might like to drive a truck? And other people would raise their hand and he'd take a moment and he says, well, I want to tell you about a company that I'm working with. And US Express had people out in the concourse that would take applications. So that's kind of how it worked. And Merle would say, well, you need to come see this red truck that's part of my tour. So that was really kind of how it worked. So there was a red truck next to the bus that was actually going to be presented to the driver trainer of the year. And then there was Merle's bus. And when Max was in the bus with Merle, to your point, Jim, Merle was looking out and he goes, Max, I haven't played to a crowd this small since I was in high school. Now I look back and Merle at that point was 61 years old. So we're talking 40 plus years. But I think what convinced him to do it was the folks that were in the crowd, that most of them were drivers. Because you have to understand, U.S. Express at this point was like 12 years old. And they started as a very small company with 50 trucks, and it grew rapidly. But it was still a very small family atmosphere. And this company picnic was a tradition that drivers that had been there since the company started in 1986 would return every year. So it was really like a family reunion. So there was a group of drivers out there. It was real important for them to be there. And Merle could see that. And I think that's what ultimately brought him to the stage. Because like I said, I had the conversation with Max shortly after Merle had left. I said, tell me about that experience. What were you guys chatting about on the bus? Max told me what Merle had said, that I haven't played to a crowd that small since I was in high school. I do wonder this. I wonder if it was about uh, feeling like, given Haggard's background and given what I've learned from reading this book, it may have been an issue of nerves, actually. I've actually done a show in front of 300 people. Didn't do anything to me. I just did the show. 
I've done a show in front of a small house of 50 people in a very small room. And the fact that I had an intimate relationship with each and every one of them in regards to the contact they had with me of being able to see faces and read reactions and like literally having to rely on individuals to give you the necessary energy to perform might have actually filled him with a bunch of nerves. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, just as a kind of thought moving forward. Dave Nemo loves to say that the future was yesterday. And he doesn't just mean it in terms of being clever. The idea, he doesn't mean just that what is going to happen next has already happened if you were paying attention. He also means that often if we go far enough back in the past, we will find out where we're headed as well in the sense that he makes the point saying that there were electric cars before there were petro-powered cars and we're headed back in that direction again. I'm also wondering, given so much of what's happening in the trucking industry, where you have people like Bob Costello who are saying that lifestyle issues are actually coming to the forefront. How many companies are going to begin to engage in recruiting efforts that might actually involve people of some note performing, people of some note engaging, creating experiences the way you'd have at a conference? And I wonder if in many ways what they were up to back in the late 90s, in fact, becomes a model for what might have to be the new norm, given how tight the labor market is and what kind of things you have to engage in in regards to recruiting, the idea that it's like, do you have to give people shows? Do you have to give people a chance to meet celebrities that they're interested in? Do you have to give them picnics and gatherings of a sort? And I wonder if in many ways that Merle was head of the game, so was the company. It's just two things that kind of struck me about both the intimacy of the performance and where we might be headed in regards to truck recruiting as we move forward now. When you said that about the small crowd, it sparked another memory of that event for me. And I do believe that you are correct that he was nervous that it was such a small, intimate crowd that could reach out, touch him, be like Mick Jagger playing a house party, something like that, if you want to think about it. So doesn't happen all the time. I think that you're also correct talking about what could be bringing the past into the future because everybody's looking for something different. And as you know, this is a people business and we're trying to build relationships. It's a great idea. It's a great concept. I think it's something that could come back around. Yeah. And it's something that is like, I'm always very interested in ways that people reach out. At the end of the day, we can talk about this to kingdom come, but paying people well and treating people with respect is the ultimate kind of way to kind of ensure you're going to get the best possible employees. But as the labor market tightens, and there are a lot of people, we talked about this on Friday on the show with Walmart and Cisco now both offering people starting salaries that begin to creep above $100,000. If you get enough companies that begin to do that, it almost turns into kind of a World War II economy, whereas, well, what else do we have to offer? The companies then have to go and say, okay, well, how do we get this performer or this kind of event or this kind of thing to play itself out? And of course, it then becomes a matter of, as in the case of the story you tell, your company knew its market, meaning that given who you guys were preaching to, that particular choir needed Merle Haggard at the head of that choir to kind of make them kind of touch them in a way. You don't want to give people Bruno Mars. That wouldn't be a good person to perform for a trucking company. Let me ask you this too. How long was the set? Like 25 minutes. He did about five songs. I know Oki from Muskogee was one of them, but other than that, I wasn't that familiar with his catalog at the time. And it's been 24 years, so... Well, it's one of those things, too, because you get that kind of program. And a lot of times, even with only five songs, we don't remember it. 
because it's like overwhelming. Okay, this is a weird kind of connection, but Walker Percy talks about celebrities as having a resplendent reality. They <laughs> seem more real than we do when you see them in person performing. And the idea of being in that close proximity and that small of a crowd to somebody with that kind of star wattage, no matter how down home they seem, it's inescapable. Yeah. You almost have to interact with them in such a way that actually humanizes them, but also lifts yourself before you actually attain their <laughs> level of reality. I can just imagine that it must have been an overwhelming experience, not just for him, for that small audience as well. It was. And one of the coolest things that he did was that he took the time to shake some hands. There were folks that really wanted to get a picture. He didn't do that for everybody, but he did spend 10, 15 minutes and made a point of making sure that those were the drivers there. And for me, I've been very much into music my whole life. My God, that's Merle Haggard right there. He's absolute legend. I went back to that conversation that I said John Yolchewski told me very early on in my tenure, like the first day I was there. This business is about the drivers. If you're in the trucking business and if you're not driving the truck, you need to be supporting those that are driving the truck. And that's the way I've always felt about it. And in that moment, I could see how much that meant to those drivers. I just backed off and took pictures. I believe at one point I may have made eye contact with Merle and kind of acknowledged each other because you could see I was taking pictures. But that was the cool moment for me. And it was cool to see those drivers have that moment with Merle. Did you get a chance to digitally download those pictures? Have you been able to transfer those pictures over yet? Unfortunately, those were 35 millimeter pictures. Again, we're talking Stone Age technology at that point. No smartphones. I unfortunately do not have those pictures. Somewhere in my archives, I may have the newsletter that we produced where one of those pictures was there. If you can somehow find that in the archives and scan that in and put that in the notes for this particular conversation we're having, that would be really awesome. Guys, Greg Thompson has joined me this morning. Usually he's the guy that other people are joining, but I actually asked him to make some time for us today. If you guys got a chance to hear the show on Sirius XM on the Dave Nemo Week, your weekend 34 we talked about mark elliott's book the hag the life of times and music of merle haggard and greg has graciously taken time away from pod wheels to give us a little bit of a podcast of his own thank you greg for the time you spent with us this morning thanks jim always appreciate your time and perspective and love to have chats with you and maybe next time when we get together or down the road i can talk to you about the time that i went to the tonight show with my carrier and we brought 14 Freightliner Centuries that were lined up and were jumped by a motorcycle daredevil on a Harley Davidson. I have to ask, since you said The Tonight Show, who's Tonight Show? It was Jay Leno's Tonight Show at that point. We've had a couple of people on our show, by the way, who have worked for Jay Leno and also are big, big car buffs with him. We actually had Robot Take the Wheels author come on, and he, of course, is the guy that actually helps Leno make his own podcast and his own YouTube channel. So maybe we'll make a connection there, too. Greg, it's always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us on The Exit Ramp, a podcast from Podwheels powered by Radio Nemo. Before we close out this edition of the podcast, we would like to invite you to stay connected with the latest from Podwheels powered by Radio Nemo by downloading our smartphone app. You can start using the Podwheels app by accessing the download menu option on our podwheels.net website or by searching Podwheels in the Apple Store or on Google Play. 
In our final moments on the debut episode of the podcast, we want to wish you the best for continued safe travels as you move down the nation's roads and highways. And we are looking forward to sharing more short stories from inside and around the trucking industry with you on the exit ramp.